Reselling, flipping, poshing, whatever you like to call it, thrifting to sell is all the rage right now. Resellers have been thrifting for profit for decades, but thanks to easy to use apps and an increasingly mainstream acceptance of secondhand shopping, reselling has become more accessible than ever. So how does it all work? Can you actually make a profit off reselling your thrifted finds? What are the best and worst parts about treasure hunting for others? Is it all even worth it? Today we're sharing our top 10 biggest reselling mistakes and the lessons we've learned from them. Whether you're a new or seasoned reseller, or perhaps you've been watching the exciting reselling boom cautiously from the Instagram sidelines, or maybe you've never even heard of the concept of thrifting to sell until now. Wherever you are in the reselling game, we've got something to share for everyone. We're also going to share a couple mistakes we made in our personal lives and the lifelong lessons we took away from them. Some of them are pretty embarrassing. Keep listening for episode 13 of Allow Us to Rethriftreduce Ourselves. Welcome back to Rethrift Reduce Ourselves. This is Shannon. I'm Dina. All right, before we get into today's episode, we just have a few updates. The podcast now has transcription. So what that means is you get a script of the entire episode. It's been a priority for us from the very beginning, but it was very tedious and time consuming. And so we needed to find somebody that could do it for us. So we did, my sister. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, especially for a lot of my deaf friends from the deaf community. Before, I never told them that I had a podcast because I didn't want to make them feel left out. Mm. But now I can let them know and they can read about it. They'll be super excited to be able to know what's going on on the podcast. We also launched the Secondhand Swag Shop on Dina's Days, and it's a collection of my favorite thrifting puns. You can get it on tote bags and t-shirts and mugs and all sorts of stuff. Tag me in it so I can see how you're rocking your secondhand swag. And I've got some events coming up later this summer and this fall. We're going to do some thrift meetups in some stores in Cleveland. Stay tuned for some details on that in the newsletter and on the blog and on social media. Dina, did you buy anything for Prime Day? Uh, yeah, only because I had that $10 credit from Whole Foods. Yeah, I actually bought a toy for Janine that I've had my eye on. And I almost got it on Facebook Marketplace. Uh And I got it at Facebook Marketplace price. Oh, that's awesome. So okay, are you gonna tell us what it is? Oh, it's just a little riding motor scooter thing. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's cute. What'd you get? Because we were talking, we were texting about how stupid it is. Yeah. And I was not trying to buy into the hype. But then, you know, I'm on vacation. I'm kind of just sitting around and looking. You know, you get interested. You want to just check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought a Roomba. I'm really excited about it. I know. I see your face. I talked to Neri about it. She said hers broke. But she didn't have a Roomba. She had a D-Bot. What did you had some weird? I had Aldi's. (laughs) You you bought some crap at Aldi's. Aldi brand. (laughs) I read a bunch of reviews. Okay. And I'm going to figure out the warranty stuff right when I get it so I can see, like, if it does break down in eight months, what's going to happen. Tell me what you're really thinking. I think it'll be good on your wood floors. Right. I, I don't know. I didn't have the Roomba. I mean, that's supposed to be top of the line. It's funny because I was just thinking yesterday I'm about to take that junk to Goodwill. Yeah. and Because yeah. t- it, it works, but it, it's just kind of garbage. Like, yeah. I'm going to give it to them to salvage. Yeah. Yeah. I know so. I know I am worried. That's my biggest worry. But 
oh my god our place needs swept like every single day oh yeah, especially with grandma and grandpa and their cookie crumbs everywhere oh my god seriously girl i'm sweeping like morning and night in the kitchen how much did you get it for did you get a good deal 229 holy crap yeah it's pretty good i was pretty pumped about it that's good yeah how dude. much are they retail like 300 the one i bought is like 300 dude they have ones that mop for you now that's like 500 dollars. i would never do that this this is my thought on that i mean i know in the long run you're saving money with a roomba mm-hmm. but i would rather just pay for house cleaning services oh yeah then pay for that yeah. because i can i know they're gonna do a good job and i don't know if right. the roomba's gonna do a good that's job that's true that's true we'll see I just poo-pooed all over your prime. Oh, I don't care. I don't care at all. I knew that because I I feel the same way about it, like where you're just like, oh, but if it does a great job, then screw it, Because especially that I have like grandma who wants it swept every single day but can't lift the sweeper up because it's yeah. too heavy, and I want to be at school every day, and that's just not going to happen, Yeah, you know, so. Well, best of luck. So you still haven't gone to a thrift store to shop? No, I almost did the other day. But then I was looking at our house and knowing that I just can't do it yet. Yeah, good. I'm proud of you. It's really hard because you find so many cute little things that I know that I'll love and want to put in the house. But I have so many cute little things laying around right now that I have no idea what to do with or they're in a box in the basement. So it's not worth it. Yeah. I explored new territory at the thrift store what does that even mean okay remember a few episodes back i was talking about areas that bore me to death yeah i went to the electronics what and i had so much fun right dude they have some cool stuff over there i mean it's not like one of those things where i'm gonna be like oh i'm gonna go to electronics all the time i think it was a really lucky day Uh uh-huh what'd you find oh my god shannon (laughs) i am gonna oh you're gonna show me yeah yes I found this. What? What? (laughs) It's a wherever kebab it. How old is this thing? I think it's from the 70s. I can't. Did you buy this? Yeah. I cannot believe you bought this. And it has these, this, it's like a Pyrex glass. And Uh then you turn the burner on and then you put the skewers in there and they rotate. They just rotate right in front of you. Oh. And what? That's such a Shannon thing to buy. I cannot believe you bought that. Well, I'm buying to resell it. But still, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Because I looked it up on eBay, and they sell from, like, 40 to $60. That's crazy. How much did you get it for? I will not disclose such information. <laughs> uh, $5. Oh, my God. That's exactly what I was thinking was $5. And I was like, no way. Plus coupon. Two fifty. No. Oh, you're at Goodwill. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved testing everything. Yes. You must have been in a really weird mood to actually want to test things out. I I didn't really have anything on my list. I wasn't really on, like, a mission. I was Uh just like, I'm just going to kind of walk around and see what I find today. Uh And so what caught my eye was that red blow dryer that I posted on Instagram. Yeah. I spotted that from, like, across the store. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, a total flashback to the 80s. And it's, like, this bright cherry red. So I tested the hair dryer out, and I'm in there like, <laughs> and there are like all these dads oh, in the electronics. And so when I was testing the kebab kit, the guy, the dad's like, "You go to He's like mansplaining it to me. Uh, I'm like, "It's hot, dude. Like, yeah, like I know what hot out. feels like. It works." I got the thrift store back up. <laughs> so it was it was fun, and then I was looking at all the George Foreman grills. Oh my god, there's a thousand of them, right? 
It's like a thrift store staple. <laughs> That's so true. I can't believe we never talked about that. There's always a George Foreman grill at the thrift store. Seriously, I think everybody has one in their house still, but has sent one to the good Exactly. Room. Like, how is that possible? That's so true. <laughs> so speaking of reselling things, since I'm going to post that kebab thing on eBay, today's all about reselling specifically mistakes that we've made reselling we thought that that would be the best way to share our experiences this was a very 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 popular topic when we reached out on instagram and email and everything asking people what do they want to see in season two this came up over and over and over again uh so it's exciting that people are kind of interested in it now it's been around forever people have been reselling forever but i think that with instagram and apps like poshmark and ebay has become more user-friendly and there are several other apps that people can sell on it's become easier for people and I think thrifting has become more mainstream and more acceptable. So people are venturing off into thrift stores more than they have in the past and they're seeing value in things. And I also think that there's this new interest, a renewed interest in brands. We talked about this, I think, Mm -hmm. in episode two, where a lot of young people too are just like really into brand names now. And so that's part of the hype of like being able to find things at the thrift store yeah especially like if you could find the brand at the thrift store it's like so exciting yeah and then selling it to make a profit Mm -hmm. but before we talk about reselling mistakes we always like to include some life element to to the episode so we want to talk about some mistakes we've made in our lives and the lessons (laughs) we've learned from them 18 hours later (laughs) like i can tell you like four thousand mistakes The one I recently thought of is in my old place, we lived there for 12 years and I never made friends with our neighbors because I did not want to deal with, you know, somebody knocking on my door and asking me for things. Like I just thought of it in a way of somebody bothering me instead of me having somebody to lean on. It goes back to that whole, like, I don't want to ask for help kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but then I don't want you to ask me for help either. And when we were leaving, people started telling us they were so sad we were going and we were such great neighbors. And I was kind of like, huh, really? Because we really didn't talk that much. I just saw that as a mistake because the people were really nice and I should have befriended them. Like, I don't even know their last names, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have five neighbors And it makes me kind of sad. So I've really tried my best. And it's really hard because I can be really introverted. And I want to go out in my yard and just work in my yard and not talk to people. But right off the bat, our neighbors have been really nice and overly friendly. But I'm trying to reciprocate reciprocate because of the mistake I made of not ever being friends with people before. We just went and had wine at our neighbor's house the other night. You did? Mm -hmm. It was really hard. (laughs) It is hard. Uh It's hard to make new friends as an adult. Mm -hmm. But I love that. We have such a great neighborhood and a lot of the girls are the same age as Janine. They were all born like within the same year, year and a half. That's really nice. And you're right. We play out. We talk to each other outside, but Mm -hmm. we keep saying, come over for barbecue, come over for Mm -hmm. dinner. Let's all go to a show. We never do it. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels awkward for some reason, but... We have older neighbors. The neighbors we went over, they were like in their 60s, you know, we're in our, we're almost in our 40s. But it's like, 
we need to be friends with them. They know everyone. If we need help with anything, they can help us, but we can help them too. It's and great. I know there's like that help thing, but it's also nice. They know they know our name and talk to us every time they see us and ask us how people are doing and what's going on. And it's like a tiny little family, even though we've only been there for like a minute. It, you know. It's totally a community. It's building yeah, community. Yeah. And the world is getting smaller because it's such a global, we live in such a global society now. But at the same time, we're so isolated. Yeah. It's weird. It is very weird. Cool. In my head, I'm like, oh, I don't want to get caught and have to talk to somebody for 20 minutes. But afterwards, you always feel kind of good that somebody knows more about you. You know more about them. Like, there's nothing bad about the situation. So it's just me opening up and allowing it to happen. Where before, I'd just be like, yes, good. Everything's great. And run in my house and close the door. Yeah, like letting people in. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. So what's your mistake story? (laughs) It's not as feel good as yours. Well, I have a I have a funny story, but the lesson is serious. Okay. So, um, remember when I used to do CrossFit? Oh yeah. Okay. So several years ago, I used to go to CrossFit, and in exchange for a free membership, I was doing freelance marketing for them, uh. and they had this pr- big promotion that involved I don't remember the details, but I remember it involved a, winning a T-shirt. Okay. Okay. And that was like a big part of it. <laughs> and so I send this email out, and it didn't auto correct. S H I T. And I was trying to say shirt. Oh. Several times. You could win a free. <gasps> oh my God. This, we try to keep this PG. So I did not know this. Yeah. I, I did not know this. And story. so it's a, it sent out to like all the members and everybody and oh, like win your so free. It's so funny. We'll say win your free shirt and it didn't. <laughs> and he was fine. He's just like, dude, like oh. what happened here? I'm a very stubborn person in my work and in my relationships. And sometimes it's hard for me to just be like, to just admit fault. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to be frank, Mm -hmm. it is. And I like that time I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was a stupid mistake. It takes so much pressure off of you and everyone else involved if you're just like, I messed up. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I totally agree. And I don't always do this correctly, especially in my relationships. It's it's hard for me. It's really hard for me to do that. Just kind of like how it's hard for you to let people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Something that stuck with me recently, because I shared this actually with a professional coach, and he said, because one of the things I said was like, I am not even going to lie. I have a hard time managing being a new parent and working full time, but I would never admit it to certain people. Mm -hmm. And he's like, there's a difference between making excuses and having an explanation. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. He's like, you don't have to, if you screwed something up at work or you screwed something up in whatever professional setting it or relationship you're in, you can say this, I'm not making excuses, but here's an explanation why it happened. I still own, I still own it. Mm -hmm. I still own everything that happened and my mistake and my fault. But here's an explanation. Mm-hmm. I like that. Has that been liberating for you to have the explanation behind the reason? Yes. I'm still having a hard time admitting certain things yeah. in my life. Yeah. It's not an excuse, but it is It is a reason. It's an explanation. Right. That's, that's really good. I like that. Let's do a quick overview of what reselling is and... What are four things you should know about reselling? What's something that comes to mind right off the bat for you? 
one thing that comes to mind is that reselling or thrifting for profit, so thrifting with the intention to resell your items, can be very profitable, but you've got to have a basic strategy. Oh, okay. Another thing is it can be a full-time job. And it's a lot of work. So it may seem like a quick buck, but it really isn't. I learned that, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Thrifting to resell is a great way to get your thrift fix. While keeping items out of landfills, it's a great way to breathe new life into items. I totally feel that way. A lot of times when I don't have a specific thing that I want to go to the store for, if I find something I can resell, like it just, it it's fun. It gives you exactly that quick fix, like you're saying. Another thing to keep in mind about reselling, and this is a question we got a lot, is, is reselling worth it? Can you make money off of reselling? And my answer is you get what you put in. So you have to decide what worth it means to you. You have to ask yourself a series of questions. Is X amount of net profit worth the time and effort it took for you to find the items, list them, ship them, share them? You have to ask yourself questions like, what's my purpose? Why am I doing this? Am I doing this to uh, make money? Am I doing this to just have fun and get a thrift fix? Am I doing this because um, I want to quit my job and do it full time? Um, Is it because you just like the thrill of the hunt, you have to decide what your why is and what motivates you to do it. And then you can determine whether it's worth it or not. My experience reselling or the amount or volume that I do is completely different than yours. So our answers as far as is it worth it are going to be completely different. Right, right. Yeah, like for me, my purpose is um, to keep rotating my wardrobe without spending any money. So it's like, I love going to the thrift store if I find things that are adorable but maybe aren't my size. Maybe, you know, I can check it out and see if I can put it on Poshmark. And then if I can make, you know, five, ten dollars, it's worth it for me because I'll save that money and then I'll buy stuff that I actually want that maybe I'm not finding at the thrift store, but I find it on Poshmark. And then I'm not spending any money and I'm still rotating those clothes. Oh, that's a great purpose. I just started doing it um, last summer. I put stuff up on Poshmark and it just sat there. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere in like January, somebody bought something. So it's not always a quick buck either. You Mm -hmm. have to be patient. Yeah, that's really cool. So what's your purpose? I started reselling the very, very first reason why was because I could not leave things behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about before how much I love to shop and how attached I get to some of my thrift finds. And I had to find a way to let that go. So one way I started doing that was reselling many years ago, way before Poshmark. And it, it was fun. It was part of it was the thrill of the hunt. And at the time, I, I you know, it wasn't really a financial motivator, mm-hmm. but the extra cash in college was great, but I wasn't like rolling in it. And college, so you're talking eBay here. Oh, yeah, and Yahoo Auctions. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Now I do it because, mostly for the same reasons, I still enjoy the thrill of the hunt. I am at the thrift store a lot for the blog, uh, so I'm seeing all of this stuff. And honestly, the, the money is great. Mm-hmm. You know, as a new parent... It's great to have extra cash for diapers and just (laughs) random things like that that add up. My God, like I did not even see that coming. Yeah, so it's a hobby. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do invest a lot of time into it, but I enjoy it. And it's one of those things where like I can always step away from it if I want to. Right. At this point in my life, I could honestly say that I would not want to do it full time. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It is. Wow. 
So let's talk about some of the mistakes we've made and the lessons that we learned from them and how people can avoid making the same reselling mistakes that we have. Okay. Number one, packing your items poorly. So, you know, we I got my first bad uh, Poshmark review. And you it, did. It wasn't bad, but it was three out of five. And I've never gotten three out of five. That's not that bad. It's not that bad. But still, I feel like such a jerk because I just... I had like one day left to hurry up and send it because I just waited to the last minute because we, you know, I'm busy and I found the item and I just threw it in a box and then I didn't want it to shift around. So I threw in a bunch of Walmart bags. To, so it went shift around and it looked just janky and bad. What was the item? Just a pair of shoes, like a pair of heels. I shouldn't have. I, I don't know why I did it. Looking back on it, I was like, yeah, I deserve three out of five. Did she leave a comment? She was just like, wasn't a fan of all the plastic bags. <laughs> And I'm just like, man, I suck. I should, but I know better now. I won't do that in the future. I just received a couple things from Poshmark, and people like do such a nice job and make it look so pretty. And I'm just like sending somebody some trash, basically. That's funny because of all the stationery and stickers and all that stuff that you right. own, you shoved right. a whole bunch of Walmart bags. Oh in there. yeah, yeah. So what's the lesson? Don't send a package to anyone that you wouldn't want to receive. That's a good point. I bought these bags. You might not need them because you're not selling as much, but I got a pack of a thousand on oh. Amazon and it just adds an extra layer of protection mm-hmm. for the for the stuff because I've heard of nightmare stories where packages got wet oh. and tissue paper got wet. So oh, it all, gets funky. Yeah, it got all gross yeah. inside. So I'm like nervous about tissue paper now. Number two, not thinking like a buyer. Ooh. That was a big mistake I made. The lesson for me was experiencing a platform like a buyer really puts you in the customer's shoes Mm -hmm. as a seller. Mm -hmm. So things like that, like packaging it up nicely or being more patient with customers. So I can be kind of an impatient seller. Sometimes the questions kind of get on my nerves or like maybe they don't read the description. Putting myself in the buyer's shoes helps me kind of step back and be like, Okay, what's this experience like shipping things at a certain time? Yes. Like as a buyer, you expect it within a certain time frame. And it wasn't until I bought things on Poshmark that I, I started to like kind of change the way I wrote things, the way I took pictures, the, the way I responded to questions. No, I, I love that because something that drives me crazy about myself is I don't ship things fast enough. Like I wait till Poshmark's telling me I need to hurry up and ship something. And I'm like... We live in a society where I'm complaining if I don't get something in one or two days. And then I'm being, like you're saying, the seller and taking like five days to even package it and tell them that I'm like, click the little button and say that I've shipped it or like whatever. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just just experiencing the platform and whether it's you're selling on eBay or any other reselling platform, just buy something once or twice that's on your thrift wish list. And experience it as a buyer first has just really helped me. I love what you just said about pictures. So let's talk about number three, take good pictures. I've made terrible mistakes and taken just garbage pictures because I'm trying to just like hurry up and post it on Poshmark because somebody's going to buy it within three minutes anyway, which is a lie. It's not going to happen if you don't have nice pictures. So take nice pictures, make sure you have good lighting. I'm learning this from you still. Like I look at your pictures and every single time I'm just like, how long does this girl take to take pictures? Two seconds. I, I don't even understand it. Your pictures are always beautiful. 
And now that like I have more light in my new house, I've noticed right away my pictures are looking nicer already. But you have to take the time to take all the angles and make sure you're showing them what they need to see or you're just going to get a bad review because there's going to be something there that you missed as a photographer. Yeah. Honestly, Shannon, and everybody listening, I know there's so much pressure on Instagram and online to buy light kits, which are great. And if you're doing it full time, great. But all you need is a window with some natural light, a white foam board or cardboard that you get at the craft store, Mm -hmm. like a presentation board, Mm -hmm. get the big ones and your iPhone or whatever phone or your and your phone. Mm -hmm. That's it. Take your pictures during the day. A lot of times I'm not able to catch the good natural light when I'm working during the week. Mm -hmm. So I take a bunch of pictures on the weekends. So this is for like part-time or very, very part-time sellers. Take a bunch of pictures on the weekend when you have full daylight available to you and just post them throughout the week. Oh, that's a great idea. Then you don't feel the pressure of hurry up and getting them all posted at the same time you're doing all that. Right. Like if you come home from work and it's getting dark at like six o'clock and you're trying to take all these pictures and they're dark and blurry, Mm -hmm. just do it on the weekend when you have Mm -hmm. the time. I use the brightening tool on my phone. Snapseed is a great app for brightening your photos or the Instagram brightening tool is my absolute favorite. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. You just go on the edit tab. So you said something that's a perfect segue to number four. Four, which is not checking flaws efficiently because mm. you mentioned that sometimes when you take blurry pictures you can miss certain things in the item mine though is i uh, i'm sometimes in a in like a big rush when i'm thrifting i do a lot of power thrifting i'm in and out and a handful of times i did not examine the item correctly even after photographing it listing it shipping it off and it was a big sale. Ooh. Yeah. Completely missed it. And I was just like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, Aww. I don't know what I don't know what I did there. Uh-huh. So now at the thrift store, I just take the extra time to, I will turn things inside out. I will check seams. I will check zippers. I check hems, everything. I put it up to like the natural light because that's how I missed those stains. Mm-hmm. They were just one of those, those kind of like oil spots that I did not see in just thrift store lighting. Right. So that was a big lesson learned because it was a big sale and I was so pumped that it sold in like a week. She was so kind about it though. Good, good. She actually sent me this card. What? When she returned the item, she sent me a card saying, I'm sorry it didn't work out. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. She could have like like been all mad. Yeah. That's really nice. It's the way you approach it, Mm -hmm. which leads me to number five, and that's you can't make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. You can almost guarantee that as a seller, especially when you sell things frequently on these sites, you are going to have an unhappy customer. And how you react to those is so important. You can always, always reply with kindness and professionalism. And at the end of the day, eBay or Poshmark They're there to help uh, navigate that and uh, moderate that. Mm -hmm. So just don't lose your cool. Yeah, it's not worth it. Number six, buying something just because of the label. Yes. (sighs) That's one of the first things I've done when I like decided I'm like, I'm going to buy all these things and put them on Poshmark. And I bought these garbage coach heels, Mm -hmm. like garbage. They, (laughs) They, when I looked at them, I was like, 
it doesn't matter that part of the leather is ripping. They're five dollars, and I'm gonna make sixty bucks on these because they're Coach. And guess where they are? Back at Goodwill. Really? Nobody wanted that garbage. Yeah. What was I thinking? Ugh. That is so common. I call that buying thing buying brands because the internet told me to buy them. <laughs> I've totally done that. Uh-huh. And a lot of times it could be just an ugly style that you bought or maybe it was cute at one point and like it's just out of season now and like Mm. there's a reason why some of these brands are at the thrift store right that's one thing you need to keep in mind when it comes to brands i got a lot of requests for plus size Mm -hmm. and so i went hard trying to get all this plus size stuff and some of it just sat there Mm -hmm. i didn't do enough research like what's the fit like what's the style like i just bought it because it was buying plus size for the sake of buying plus size. Right. Mm-hmm. So my takeaway from that is at the end of the day, you have to do your own research. You have to uh, learn from your own lessons. Right. And I, I even bring that back to the one you talked about earlier is um, would I buy these? I definitely would not have bought those from anyone. Right. So why so would I sell them? Putting yourself in the buyer's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I wouldn't buy something that's in that condition. Right. Right. Number seven is a big one for me. It's being an impatient seller. I don't like clutter. So like I like my things to be in and out, in and out, in and out. And if something sits for more than like two weeks, I start getting super impatient. Two weeks. It's horrible. It's a horrible strategy. Oh my horrible. gosh. I want things moving quickly. I wish I had things moving that fast. If I had something going in every two weeks, I'd be excited. <laughs> I don't, but I, it's just it's a horrible strategy and approach to take. I was reading up on this. This is actually, being an impatient seller is actually a very common mistake for people who sell a lot. Every time I'm patient, every single time I'm patient, it pays off. Mm-hmm. You just have to like let things settle for a minute. Yeah. For yep. example, today somebody liked uh, a blazer that I listed. I'm trying to list fall stuff now to get people kind of excited. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, this blazer is going to sit. I'm about to send a million offers. <laughs> and I got a like on it. And I'm like, just let it sit. Let let her think about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't send her any offers. I ignored, I ignored it all. I just mm-hmm. stepped away from it. She bought it at full asking price. Nice job. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's, it's paying off. You just have to be patient mm-hmm. and let it just run its course. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, if you like something and it really resonates with you and you'll just keep thinking about it, thinking about it, you're going to buy it. Yeah. Number eight's mistake is letting reselling ruin your thrift store trip. Wow. That's a great one. It's one that I felt all the time but didn't know how to articulate. Oh my goodness. The first time I ever went to the thrift store and with the goal to resell, I was just grabbing a bunch of things and then like hiding in a corner trying to figure out how much I would get for things and if it's worth to buy it today and before I knew it, I was there for two hours. I was stressed out. I, I sweating. Was, oh, hundred percent sweating. Like I, I was not enjoying myself at all. I was not enjoying the things I was picking up. I was just looking to see if like I was going to make any money off of them or not. I was looking at shoes and brands of things that I'd never looked at before in my life or cared about. But I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Let me look that up. And it was miserable. And I was like, I can't believe people do this this isn't worth it. And I wanted to walk away from the whole cart, but I'd put, I'd literally, hour and a half to two hours had been there and I had to buy it, but. You were invested. Yes, 100%. This takes me back to that point about us saying, 
is it worth it? Right. You cannot answer that question for somebody else. Right. That whole experience was not worth it to you. No. To somebody else, that's totally worth it. That's true. Yeah, because I remember I remember that day. I was like, I'm just going to pop in the thrift store after work. And before I knew it, I was like, I'm going to have to go buy takeout because I can't even make dinner now. You know? Right. <laughs> like, it was crazy. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. But you you just have to decide how much work you want it to be. Right. And you have to be honest with yourself about it. Because you're like, dude, I work full time. I'm doing this only for, to freshen up my closet and rotate my clothes. Exactly. I'm not doing this to pay my bills. I'm not exactly. doing this to pay my rent. So for somebody who's doing this full time and needs to pay their rent next month, it's a different story. It's a right. different approach. It's a different level of investment and, and what is worth it to you and what's worth and what's not worth it to you. Number nine, forgetting about fees. Ooh. This is especially big for uh, new resellers. But sometimes this can also happen when people are sharing on Instagram mm. how much something sold for. A lot of times you're seeing the gross amount. So the amount before you take out what eBay or Poshmark took, the amount that they paid for the item. So a lot of times what you see is not actually what the person took home. I see. So I say that for new uh, resellers or people who are curious about it, it's easy to kind of get caught up in that hype and be like, well, I sold the same thing and oh my gosh, at the end of the day, I only made $15. Just keep that in mind that they're going to take at least, you know, around 20% of, of your sale. Back to that question about is it worth it? You have to take those fees into consideration in order to answer that question. I do this exercise all the time at the thrift store. I look something up. All right, how much does it cost me to buy it? How long is this thing going to sit? Because are there a lot of similar items already out there? Oh, I never think about that. Yeah. That's true. If there are 20, 50 other similar items out there, chances are your thing is going to sit unless you have like a really competitive price. Right. So you have to take all of those things into consideration and then determine, okay, after fees, is the $12 worth it? Mm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Right. And a lot of times I'll pass on brands because of that reason. Uh, uh, one thing that I always kind of go back and forth about is Target and Old Navy brands. Yeah. Because they work. Sometimes those things sell quickly because somebody's looking for something super specific that right. they miss their opportunity at Target. Mm-hmm. And then other times it's like you're competing in a sea of target stuff right and then those things don't sell for more than like 12 to 15 dollars tops yeah and what's the point and number 10 i don't know if you struggle with this too shannon is not having an organized inventory system yeah i don't sell enough to worry about any of that but i know that you have like a spreadsheet don't you i do i have a spreadsheet and i track things like when i bought the item because I'm impatient and I need to like <laughs> remember, okay, you bought this a month ago. Uh-huh. It, when I bought the item, what the item is, how much I how much I paid for it, and then of course like how much it sold, how much fees were taken out. Mm-hmm. I started doing this when I started doing pop-ups mm-hmm. in locally because I had to keep track of my sales. And so I just carried that over. I literally updated the same spreadsheet for Poshmark and eBay. And um, it helps me stay organized because then I, I can remember part of it is too is like you don't want to lose on the sale. Like 
Sometimes you can't remember how much you paid for something. That's true. Another thing is if you are starting to get into this, you really want to take into consideration the space that you have to store this stuff. Yes. I didn't even think about that. That's so true. And that keeps evolving for me. Um, Sometimes I use a spare closet. Sometimes I use bins. Sometimes I switch to boxes or whatever. So you have to decide what that looks like for you because it can get out of hand pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that just with a few things that I had. Yeah. I was like, okay, time to get rid of all these things and take them off my Poshmark because they're in my way. Right. In my home. Well, so there's a lot to learn. We barely scratched the surface. There are lots of podcasts, Instagram accounts, blogs, YouTube channels, all dedicated to this very topic. So I have a, I'm going to leave you with a funny story about reselling. Ooh, okay. A few weeks ago, I was at Goodwill and there was this older man And he startled me because he was talking into his phone and he's like, Justin Timberlake bobblehead. (laughs) No. (laughs) Wait, how old are we talking here? Uh, Grandpa's age. Oh, oh, wow. Maybe a little bit younger. But still. I mean, he was, he was old. Yeah. And I was like, so many things went through my head. Like, first of all, wow, are you a reseller? This is amazing. Number two, I'm like looking at my my phone like, what's the deal with Justin Jimmer like bobbleheads? Were you looking at it? Like, was it there? It was there. He had it in his hand oh, and he's like, Justin Jimmer like bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, did I like, Miss do I know? Yeah, do I not know about I Justin I love that you Timber- had FOMO over this old guy. <laughs> I had Justin Timberlake like bobblehead FOMO. Oh my so God. I looked it up and the, the comps were stupid. Uh-huh. And he put them back because uh-huh. he probably saw the same thing. He's just doing the same thing, but out loud because he's old. Oh, made <laughs> my day. Oh my gosh, that's fun. Anybody can resell. What song do you want to leave them with today? Oh, do you have one in mind? One of the things that we said a lot today was, Is it worth it? <laughs> you read my mind that was totally unplanned (laughs) of course i read your mind is it worth it let me work it let me put my thrift down and flip it and reverse it nice job (laughs) (laughs) that's when she goes backwards Thanks for listening to Allow Us to Rethrift Ourselves. For episode show notes, links, photos, transcriptions, and more, go to dinasdays.com slash podcast. Follow us on Instagram at dinasdays and fat don't crack. And be sure to sign up for the Dina's Days newsletter to get episode notifications sent directly to your email. Tricks on ya. Girlfriend wanna be like me, never. You won't find a chick that's even better. I make you hot as Las Vegas weather. Listen up close while I take it back.